everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I am your host, Camille, and today I have a special guest with me who is reviewing Just One Kiss. She is a Hallmark publishing author. <laughs> Her book is Love and Black Kiss. Um, I have not read it yet. It is like in my library and planned to read. <laughs> um, and there are rumors that it might come become a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it would it would be a lovely thing if my Chile publishing book, Love and Luck, is sort of any of the rest of the the Friendships and Festival series also published by Chile um, would be a Hallmark movie. I would literally like lose my mind if that happened. Yeah. Um, but yes, she is here today. Her name is Stacy Agder. So thank you so much, Miss Stacy, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Camille. I'm just really, really excited to be able to talk about this movie with you. Like, oh my God, yes. I mean, okay, so we're talking about Just One Kiss. And I have to say, this movie was, I've I, I read so many people say, oh my God, I love this movie. This movie was awesome. And before, whenever a lot of people say they love a movie, I end up not liking it. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so I was like oh god this is gonna be one of those movies or I was like I was like oh god this is gonna be one of those movies where everyone loves it and I hate it and I'm gonna get a lot of comments saying what is wrong with you <laughs> and and then I watch it and I'm like this is magical what did I, do what did I just watch like it totally was like there you know you, you like it, it hit on these like universal themes in a way that's actually universal like people talk about oh this movie had universal themes except it's not actually universal like yeah. but like with this like the universal themes that it touches on are actually universal you yeah. know like the classics in terms of songs that everybody listens to Ugh. you know the the classic literature that everybody may have opinions on but we all know what it is but the larger question about like love and about heartbreak and about like how it's portrayed in the arts and the arts itself like you know a genuinely universal theme which i really really love i and santino fontana jesus yes. he can sing to me any day i would like to petition <laughs> <laughs> I swear, like, I love when you have Broadway singers and they're singing in a movie and, like, you take full advantage of their amazingness and their talent and it fits and it works and it's just I, it, That's, I mean, like, no matter what her, her political beliefs are, um, you cannot deny, um, what's her name? Laura Osnes voice. Mm -hmm. She's the original Cinderella on Broadway, right? Yeah. She's like beautiful voice. When they her last Christmas movie was like uh they had like some kind of musical thing going on. Mm -hmm. Um yep. and I'm sitting there going like, hi, Laura Osnes, Broadway star. Right yep. there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Why do we have train? <laughs> nothing wrong with trade yeah. nothing wrong with you know trade but why them when hello hi beautiful woman right here 
I loved, like, I, I was talking, I think we were talking earlier about her last, I think it was actually her in the last movie where, like, she was um, a nurse going from uh, Boston to Connecticut over Christmas. With uh, Erin Tevelt. Yes. Erin Tevelt. Yes, yes, yes. Another Broadway star that just totally missed on, like, why I choose using these gorgeous voices for what they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like, they had a little bit of him singing, which was good. Like, we'll talk about this later, I suspect. But, like, the the, the way that I saw Crystal Rodriguez sing and, like, him sing were pretty much the same trajectory in both movies. Oh, and yes. I really liked that. Uh, anyway. Okay, so let's talk. So... Just My Kiss is the, um, about this like piano, piano bar vocalist who kind of like starts falling in love with a professor who meets a professor and you know, who's a cynic in love, mm-hmm. they're falling in love. She's a, divo- she's a newly divorcee, you know, single mom kind of thing. And oh my God, her ex-husband has issues. And like, okay, he's an addict, he's an alcoholic. And I, that's not his, I'm not saying that is an issue, like that's a, the biggest negative thing. No, I understand it's a problem he has or whatever, but he has issues as far as like letting her go. Yeah, like his, yeah, exactly. Like the fact that he was unable to sort of comprehend the fact that the marriage was over and that there was absolutely nothing he could do. So he was resorting to like ridiculous trickery. At yes. And I'm just like, no like dude you gotta stop she said no already like respect the boundaries mm-hmm. i felt so bad for mia i felt so horrible for her because you can tell that there's this one scene where she was in, in bed with her daughter i think yep and her daughter it, it hit her daughter yeah. you're not gonna be with daddy anymore right and she was and like Mia was like honey I tried I really really tried you know but sometimes you know it just won't work out kind of thing and I felt the pain in that scene it was like I literally I was watching that scene both times when I watched the movie Mm. and I was like thank god because it took the daughter it took Rosie quite a number of times quite a while to sort of understand this I mean it's a realistic portrayal of this idea but like at the same time you're just like come on like you really have to understand this is not good and she's finally getting it yeah um for me that also ties into an earlier scene with Mia and her best friend and they're talking and she's he's like you have your you had passion like you I'm like I'm like you know, you were a different person before this marriage, yeah. before, the, you know, before this marriage took you down in essence. Yeah. And like from that to this, to sort of this catharsis of like tears and like understanding, like I, it's okay that I can't do this. Yeah. Like you see a journey in Mia a lot because, you know, and not just finding love or whatever's, but just finding joy finally, because um, 
a little, I'm going a little personal here. I've been in a relationship before with an addict. It, um, he was in recovery, but it does, it does, um, wear on you somewhat to always worry about like what this person is doing, you know, would I, can I take a drink in front of him? You know, that kind of thing. What is, or is it, we broke up because he relapsed. And that, that was like a, no, that was like a clear boundary that yeah. I set from the moment that we started dating. Like the moment that you relapse, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, we were together for like two years, but I was like, you know, that I, we're done. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was one of those um, movies that I I loved how they touched this this addiction story. I loved how they touched the effects that it had on a relationship with not only his wife but his kid, you know, and everything. It was just like, and it was all beautifully done, respectfully, you know. And stuff not blaming him not blaming his addiction but just like you know the struggles that it caused yeah it's very yeah. realistic yeah it's not it's not you know um rainbows and roses kind of thing <laughs> but yeah and then um tony is also suffered from his own heartbreak because his ex-girlfriend, like we meet her in the movie, in the middle of the movie, she, um, you know, wanted more for him, I guess. She didn't think that he was good enough or something. Yeah, it was, it was, it's interesting because like one of the things that he, he's dealing with is that sort of struggle that a lot of creatives who try to be professional with it deal with. Mm -hmm. um, Mia's best friend's husband like talks about this later, like when you see the art show, but like this idea of like, are you using your talents effectively? Can you use your talents? Are you doing the right thing? Like, cause it's a struggle, like, you know, sort of trying to make that sort of art into commerce is always a fight, it's always yeah. a struggle. And the thing is like, you're standing there, you're fighting against the world in a lot of ways, trying to do what you're doing in a creative profession you do not need the people at home not supporting you and that happened and it's hard as hell and like yes. he talks about having how many months or how many years of like writers like not writers singers block, block. Like, yeah stage block like singers block like the, the the sort of this idea that he cannot he couldn't get up on stage for like however many months or however many years after she sort of like um leaves you know breaks up with him and the fact that like he was inspired by young kids singing in the subway just makes my made my heart sort of sing joy because it's this idea that like what you do as a creative whether it's a singer whether it's a writer and the, the the poetry aspect is touched on of course when Mia talks about how she got into literature but you know the sort of like is it's sort of like it brings him back to the stage the sort of the understanding of the impact that he has and one of the things that i found really really amazing was how from the beginning what she, no matter what she thought of him as a person 
Mia was always supportive of Tony's use of his gifts and his career choices. There was never any judgment. And I think that is so important and so like, like, it's rare. It is very rare. Um, You know, this idea of like, you are enough as a creative, as a human being, just as you are. And like, I found that so, that resonating so very much as a writer, so. But, you know, his ex kind of like um, screwed up his mind too, because even, you know, though Mia was supportive of him or whatever, he, he still thinks that he's not enough for her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and her ex-husband also is just a jerk. <laughs> exactly. That's his, you know, that they were, you know, like, it's interesting, like the, the sort of the comment of, and I forget who it was, but it was like a recognizable Hallmark actor who was like, oh, go go on with your song and dance. And I was like, oh my God. And like, yes, you know, like that's, that's exactly a- that like that attitude of that sort of dismissal that you get all the time. And it's symptomatic of how she must have treated Kate, you know, Catherine or Katie must have treated him in the relationship. Like that she Yeah, because up- I mean, like, obviously um, this is his first, they're the two guys first time meeting each other, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So he's probably just reflecting her attitude, mm-hmm. you know, about the oh, uh, yep. when he when, he, when they walked away, his face and his heart off, oh, and then yep, I wanted to be like, <laughs> uh-huh. and like, and I'm sitting there and I'm list like, of course, like you hear like snippets of the conversation as they're walking away, and I'm like, lady, it's too late. It is too late. Right. Yeah, she's she's like, did you really need to say that? I was just like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. Like, lady, it's too late. Like it's done. The damage is done. Like no one is no one is believing that you actually care at this point. I know. Uh, for, and I I felt so bad for um uh, Tony because he was he's such a good guy and he uh, he and I love so I mean there's here's the thing there is practicality that fights they you know you fight against, I guess, with, with creativity, like, oh, you know, I need to, I need to pay bills kind of thing. So need a job that whatever that pays bills or whatever, but I also want to do this. That is my creative outlet. And it's, you know, I love it or whatever. And so it's and so um, very few times does the creative outlet also pay the bills (laughs) yeah no exactly and I loved I loved how they showed the voice lessons I loved how like yeah it seemed so devoted to his students too like yeah it's kind of amazing to see I know and I love his um (laughs) I love that what's his name was uh (laughs) when they were at the Arcade or whatever, so me oh, kept yeah. looking yeah. at the girls saying hi to him, like, who, who are all these people? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he's like, they're just my students. Like, yeah. who do you? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. But despite what you think of me, they're just my students. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing nefarious going on in the, um, but yeah. And I, 
but I honestly have to say that the movie, especially since we love Mia and Tony, the movie was just another mm, another perfection to me anyway, was the moms. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, they were fantastic. They were <sighs> absolutely fantastic. Like how they orchestrated all of this. I know, I mean, okay. The funny part to me is Tony is very suspicious, right? He, ha he doesn't walk under ladders. Yeah. <laughs> he's lack He's very, very su su superstitious, yes. which I am. I can understand. I, I have my own little superstitions as well. Okay. Not as much as Tony, but knock on wood, throwing salt, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I just love that, like that, they sort of you use his superstitions kind of thing to like get him and Mia together, and also like Mia is, was not like into his superstitions, and they kind of tease. He kind of teased her about it. She kind of teased him about it, kind of thing. And it was, I put this on my Instagram story. I, I felt like their meet cute was the best meet cute for a Hallmark movie in a long time <laughs> it, was, it was perfect for them yeah like, you know like if they hadn't sort of set out the sort of that he is so superstitious it's like a black cat and a ladder hello <laughs> <laughs> and like that also like that meet cute kind of goes also to show something else about the movie where like they port like they've there's been a lot more recently uh movies that show different aspects of new york, new york city mm -hmm. one of the things i loved about the way that this movie portrayed new york city was that it portrayed new york city and we're not just talking about like you know manhattan just manhattan but like manhattan right. like um they portrayed new york city as a community not a yes. small town and not the big bad city or not the city over there yeah, it was a community where people lived and worked yeah. and like you get a you got a sense of that on the street you know where they were where they where they had their meet cute and like the way that Mia walked Rosie to school like just like any other person just it was a different the walk looked a little different you know like um the way that then people were in the neighborhood like it's you know and then going to a supper club at night okay and then going to an art show the next that's great like but it's not just the you know the the, the people that we have to meet. no we're meeting friends we're doing something fun together like it's not you know and and all of those things and without all of those things that meet cute would never have worked yes like without that sort of scene setting yep that meet cute would have felt weird because, but it's it's the perfect sort of community meet cute, if that makes any sense. Like it works because people live and work in an area and they're going to end up at, live and work in an area where stuff happens. Busyness. And stuff. Exactly, busyness, like random construction all over the place, but it's not such a weird thing that people are walking down the street. Like it's, you know, it's yeah. there to be used, it's there to be walked on. And it just, it works so well because of that.
Yeah. I I personally just love the beat cute because it was unique, you know? It wasn't yeah. like, you know, catching calling for a cab and one comes and no, you know, you both think it's for you, which Hallmark has done many times. Uh, <laughs> that happened, I can tell you. <laughs> um, I mean, with was, a hot guy as I like, not as often with a, not as often with a hot guy as I would like. Right. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, this was just like a random happenstance that was. I, I just loved it. It was so cute. And um, did you know that the moms were ghosts? And because I had no clue. There I was no same. I mean, like I watched the movie twice because I wanted to kind of like look at it more critically before talking about it because then take notes and stuff because that's just that's just how I operate. But like when I saw it the first time, not a clue, not one single clue that they were that they were ghosts until they literally walked off and yeah, but until they were making this, till Mia and Tony were making speeches about like their moms you know, would, would like you, you know, my mom would like you if she was here, that kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what stuck out to me um, during my second watch, when I knew that they were ghosts, was the scene in Tony's apartment where he's lying on the couch and mom is sitting on the chair. Uh-huh. He's looking up, not directly at her, yeah. She's not a psychiatrist. And so she's he's saying things and she's kind of answering his questions and he's kind of answering the same way and he's like looking up. Yeah. Like that whole like now that I had uh, that I knew that the mom was a ghost, like that scene was like, okay, it is very obvious that she is that she is not here and you know, we are seeing her and she's ghost. It's sort That's of like cool. the six, the movie Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. You know, when Bruce, uh, yep. nobody, after like, when, after I saw the movie, the first time Bruce Willis um, being a ghost, I was, when I rewatched it, I realized, oh, he was sitting at the table with, you know, the kid's mom and like, nobody was talking to him or nobody ever like looked at him or yeah. noticed him or anything like that and that those kind of little instances you realize oh well he that's because he's a ghost but the first time you like think to yourself oh it's just you know because yeah. um <clears throat> huh yeah it didn't register the first time yeah you yeah you just make another excuse in your head as to why mm-hmm. you know yeah. nobody paid him any attention <laughs> you fill in the details yeah but yeah, I loved that. <sighs> the moms were fantastic. Great. Ileana, Ileana Douglas um, was one of the actors. And yeah. Ada I, Tatura. Huh? Ada Tatura was the second one. Yeah. I loved the moms. The moms were awesome. Were and then this one, and then the other thing, um, were, I love the black and white elements to this movie, which you touch the phone when she was, you know, I, it was a dream sequence. They used the dream sequences as the black and white thing. I love that Mm because it, it, a lot of times when it, they, a lot of movies, when they have that 
dream sequence thing. There's you can't really tell that it's a dream, but with this whole black and white sequence, you kind of can tell and something that it's a fantasy, and it again carries on to the classics that we were talking about. You know, um, uh, I just uh, and yeah, I was like. like I think it would make sense that these characters who spend all of their time at like the the theater that shows the classic movies would yeah. have dream sequences, their fantasy sequences in black and white and have yeah. like, you know, these stunning dresses as you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And like girl has some it. beautiful oh. dresses. <laughs> Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I know. Krista Rodriguez, first of all, her body is gorgeous. She, I th- she has some curvaceous. She has some yep. curves on her. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and thank God. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Um, and she, she has a very classic beauty with, like, you know, with the hair and dark hair and <laughs> pale skin and just like oh. really beautiful. And her, I mean, we shouldn't judge people on their looks, but she is beautiful. <laughs> Gorgeous, like we're watching movies, but like we're trying to think of the people in question and like, you know, we see them as amazing actors and actresses, but we're also seeing how they look and like how, how they're dressed. Like she, the clothes that they had her in were just spectacular, whether it was a dream sequence or otherwise, like, yes, you know, she was a professor, she was buttoned up, but she was buttoned up stylishly because Mm -hmm. she was some kind of like, you know, probably maybe an NYU or like Yale or something. I don't know, but I'm just kind of playing around with university, but like. Shout out to the wardrobe girls. They they were the costume designers for this movie. So far they've done, they also did the three wedding fail movies. So like, awesome. (laughs) Like I I absolutely love the way that the the characters were dressed in this movie. They're perfect. Perfect. Yes. God, I would love to have them on the podcast because I, I I want to know like when you're dressing for a movie, does um what is like imp- most important? Is it like the storyline that's important? Is it like that so that the wardrobe, you know, you can you have the wardrobe to fit the storyline? How much does like the character the actor's body type make affect the wardrobe, that kind of, the styling, that yep. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Totally. Who, who get, who, the, do the actors have some kind of say on what their wear, characters like, wear or whatever? It's, you know, I just want to know the ins and outs of dressing people in a movie like this. Because, like, like, you could see, like, how, at least with Mia's dress, Mia's clothing, like, you could see her progression, like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as she was coming into more of herself and like the 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 outfits that she wore to um the supper club during the day you know not at night were like Mm -hmm. more comfortable as she sort of went along if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. yeah and I love I love how clothes tell a story too yeah and it's just, I, I think wardrobe is such a, like I said, an impo- like you said, it's an important um, part of the story, you know, because 
like for example, red cause the heart. If they didn't have <laughs> period pieces, it wouldn't be yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, there'd be drama. But yeah, um, the singing is top notch in this movie. Crystal Rodriguez, Broadway actor. Santino Fontana, Broadway actor. Hans on Frozen. If you guys have, don't know, that was. <laughs> oh my god i love i love i love uh, yeah but um my favorite song also was someone to watch over me i love that song so, so many uh, there were two there were two spots for me that kind of and um that like stood out mm -hmm. um in terms of the music so like childhood memory of camp with a friend of mine um our song we went to a performing arts camp and as part of a talent show we decided because we were both from the new york area we were going to do new york new york and so we did so with like top hats and canes and oh. seeing rosie and bella do new york new york made me like go back oh. to the days oh my god that was the cutest yeah. scene it was adorable, it was adorable. Uh, and i just I, that's the thing that i loved about tony too is that he he like he's all about his family you mm -hmm. know what i mean he 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 loves his niece and and that was hilarious though yeah no that was that was fantastic <laughs> But what was to me very hilarious was like when his sister gets out the cab and oh she, yeah oh my she God. hugs him right? and Mia sees this and like she jumps to the conclusion that yep <laughs> it's it's perfect like convenient return of family members like Casey's pulled his nonsense so like so Tony's already like not really caring so much so right. he's not gonna explain that his sister is back and then she shows up and it's like okay we have big big misunderstanding like every yep. hallmark movie <laughs> of course but it's like you know it's it's the third act breakup it's right. you know it's every hallmark movie every c drama every every book that follows that sort of romance arc like mm. you know whether you call it you know the crisis point whether whether you call it the third act breakup who knows <laughs> but it's it's like it's the point where you find out like what your couple fictional you know what your fictional couples actually yeah. have. you know whether whether you can believe this relationship can continue whether you can believe it if they can get over this in a convincing yeah. manner then yeah you are with them because this is a big huge deal 90 yeah. percent of the time it's you people need to communicate and let's fix this um but like yeah, like it's, you know, it was like, I love the way they did that. I love sort of all the things were in place, you know, um, it wasn't like, there wasn't any reason to like heighten the drama, if that makes any sense. Like it was, these pieces were there, we'll just use them. And I kind of liked that. Like, I think it's closer to what they're calling a blue moment mm. in fiction these days, which is not a heavy, dark, like, um, third act breakup but like kind of a lighter conflict mm -hmm. if that makes sense I'm yes going into, i'm going into terminology in my no, you're, <laughs> but like, no i'm accepting this 
but yeah, but like I just I just found it hilarious. Oh, the timing and then, like perfect. the reactions and it was the <laughs> it was like the best. It was the best third act breakup like I have ever seen. I know like, it. The, the kids were cut it was the the um niece was the one who like told her daughter like oh yeah it's my mom because yeah. yeah. rosie was like um my dad's <laughs> moving back in <laughs> like what like what exactly did you think <laughs> which was a really great arc for her going from like you really have to get back together with dad to my dad's not coming, you know, my dad's not coming back, is he? Which again, he, you know, that, that, that bedroom scene that she said. That was important on so many levels and like, oof, my heart. Um, First of all, Ava Grace Cooper, that's the actress. Okay. I've been watching her on Red Calls the Heart and on several Hallmark movies and like, she grew up. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. I like, watched this movie and I was like, where's the five-year-old? Where's yeah. the seven-year-old? Like, what yeah, happened? Possibly, like, what? Like, what? Like, you know, you're not allowed to grow up. <laughs> Who told these kids to grow up? When did that happen? <laughs> like, what is this? What is this? Thank you for reminding me that I'm old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you're not playing a preteen? <laughs> what did I do? You're just like a little five-year-old not that long ago oh my god but yes um uh this movie was just perfection i i can't even i i usually like to point out something that would have made this better but i can't think of anything so it was perfect in my opinion they even had you know a gay couple <laughs> diversity um, going on. I will also point out one of the things, one of the things that like that I've kind of been able to notice in terms of the last couple of years um, is amazing moments of like diversity, generally speaking, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's like visible diversity or like last night when mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, you know, um, my dad's Mexican, my mom's Jewish. <laughs> From yeah. Mia. I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and that then, exactly. And like, and then the moment where she talks about her first kiss being in Hebrew school. And I was like, oh my God, my heart, my heart, my heart exploded. I was like, this is the first time I've ever heard this line on a on a Hallmark movie. You know, whether it's like a holiday movie or not. Like this yeah. is the first. So like, you know, you've got the gay couple, you've got um you know, biracial Jewish. Exactly. <laughs> like yes you know and and the gay couple was like was by like was interracial which was adorable yep. and I was like that's amazing so I, I i just i love um you know i love the fact that it they weren't even they were just gay they weren't yeah. it wasn't it wasn't brought to attention like it wasn't like oh i'm gay <laughs> you know what i mean it was just yeah, like was, they were there yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like my husband it's like okay awesome yay <laughs> We just you know? real life. That's what yeah, happens. You just right. like, oh, well, that's the husband. <laughs> you know, my husband and I, they were talking about their honeymoon. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, trip to like wherever it's on. I was like, yes. 
it was awesome part of left his, her left his shitty career I know and like I just like Hallmark y'all need to make more of these movies like I don't even it was just perfection there was not one single thing wrong with it I I it was fantastic magic it was hallmark magic it was we talk about hallmark magic a lot when it comes to different movies but a lot of times it's it's not and this one was it 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 was a unique storyline it was fun and cute love the singing love the acting love the dancing i love the outfits oh my god new york (laughs) there was nothing wrong with this movie nothing absolutely nothing perfection (laughs) and like and i loved um the choice of something stupid as the end song too like that was a great one though i will i like i my my when when they were like it's not a famous one my brain went immediately went to the robbie williams nicole kidman version because that's (laughs) my own personal favorite version but um I loved the way that they did it together. I loved that song so much. And it's it's so, it was such a perfect progression of music too. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. We can stop that. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's been, like, it's, a, it's just a great movie. To, we could talk for hours, but like, you know, like that, this is, this is perfect. This is absolutely Yeah, I'll perfect. probably like message you later and be like, oh my God, we forgot this part. It was so perfect. So why didn't I think about this? <laughs> but it's it's great when like something when a movie like this gives us more to talk about than less mm-hmm. you know when like when we can gush for an hour or however long we've been gushing about this movie as opposed to oh my god and I hated this and I hated this and I hated this which has happened before oh, oh god trust me. usually you can tell how much I like or don't like a movie based on how long my podcast is <laughs> I was like there is um I think it was the 2019 like Hanukkah re- like recap and I remember like, yeah, like basically like I like two out, we like two out of the three movies and the words that were coming out of my mouth in regards to the second one, to the movie that we did not like, let's just be this way. <laughs> uh, honesty, like, to yeah. be honest. Oh, well, well, thank you so much for joining me, Miss Stacy. This is this has been an absolute pleasure, Camille. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And if you want to come back anytime, let me know. Yes, please. I would love to.